0: See if it's working.
1: 10 4, 10 4. Yeah, now it's working.
0: All right, let's do it. Let's hit this. A little rainy out, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. We're doing this uh, outside. we got a very, uh, I think, real segment coming on. And Dez hit me up yesterday said, Hey, I want to do this. And we're going to talk some deep stuff here. And I think it got me thinking a lot. And I was texting you. Um,. In society now, I don't want to seem like one of those fake philosophers, right? You know? right, right. But I'm not stupid, so listen. Nick, Nicky philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> Aristotle <laughs> Rune. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But I think we're living in a world that's really so much fake stuff, so much escapism. You look at the social media, um, you look at video games, and the, the TV channels. You got a million different things. Virtual uh, reality. Virtual reality, booze. Everyone was trying to escape in the booze and try to like feel something. And I think what we're really missing and what people are craving is realness. Yeah. Something like real that you can feel. And this kind of goes in the stoic mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, quit thinking about the past. The past is over. Don't think about the future because you're not in the future. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. that's coming. The now. And uh, I think when people start living, like in the moment, that's the whole thing with the stoic. You know, the stoic mindset. Yeah, yeah, Live yeah. in the moment. And you're thinking like when you play sports, when you're lifting, you're not thinking about nothing else. You're thinking about the now. You're doing it, and uh, that's kind of like with the traveling. You brought it up on the the intro, you know, going to traveling just to get the picture instead of like diving in and living the experience. I think that's what's missing in the world yeah. right now, and it's it's causing a lot of shit. You know, the anxieties are going up, the depression, way, way up. yeah, and just people really want to feel something, and they're you know they they're living for the weekend. Oh, I can't wait to get fucked up with my guys and and. Mm-hmm. and they think that's that means something that's when they're gonna actually like feel something but it's fake right that's just numbing your stuff like when's the last time you went for a walk without your phone checking it and just breathing mm-hmm. taking a step back meditating read a book having a great combo with your friends and that's something I had uh, last night I had an amazing conversation with one of my close friends mm-hmm. and and it if they're your boys, they're your people. Talk to them on the phone or talk to them in person. None of this yeah. text and shit, you yeah. know what I mean? And he brought that up, but it's amazing what's happening in my life right now and the people I'm surrounded by and the positivity and doing things for others, and it comes back on you tenfold. But anyways, enough of my rant. Um, this is going to be a really cool segment. Dez is going to take over. I'm just going to try to keep the convo going, but I'm really excited for this. This is something you can feel. Right. This is going to be
1: real. Right, right. So, um... I, I hit up Nick last night about it. I was like, "Yo, let's like I want to really dive in and like, cause a lot of you guys followers that we have, the loyal ones, have been talking to me about getting in depth. You yeah. want to feel more like you they, they know me. Um, so for me, this is the chase in the picture. You know, like I talked about in the intro about traveling and stuff, but really telling you guys why I travel so much. Um, so in 2015, I lost my dad. Um, I lost my dad cause he got cancer. So the whole background story behind all that, like when we were growing up, my parents were in the Navy. Um, and they would travel all the time, so in the summers, I would go live with my grandma, go to the farm, like go take care of the animals, and everything like that, and they would come back and tell me all these stories. so I was sitting around, and I would like always hear like oh, I did the running of the bulls i did I went and saw the Eiffel Tower I went and did this this that my dad traveled the world twice, so I was always like like what like why do you like it so much? yeah right, so two thousand fifteen came around um, and I was you know i was I just got done with college, you know January. I left to go down to Miami to start training. But before that, I I went into a bowl game, a senior bowl game. Um I came home in January, right after the game, and my dad was like, yo, I need to talk to you about something. Okay. I was like, Yeah, like, well, what's up? He's like, uh, I just got diagnosed with cancer. Jeez. And I was like,
0: Oh, well, sit down, man. You're standing up. You're no, 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 I gotta stand. You, you know, I gotta stand I gotta, oh, okay. Stand.
1: Um and he, he hit me with this with with this and I was like, like, what you mean? You got cancer? You playing a joke? Like, cause my dad's a big jokester. Yeah. Like he jokes about these things. And then he was like, Nah. I was like, So, like we're gonna beat this, right? He was like, Yeah. The doctors only really gave me three to four months to live. Cool. Jeez. Right? He got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. It was one of my most tough cancers to get over. Um. So I was torn in the position of in January, do I leave to go to Miami to start training, or do I like stay at home, and like help take care of the family or what? But he told me no, leave. Like go down to Miami. So I went down to Miami, and every day, like I would be calling him, like checking in, seeing how he was doing, and all this stuff, you know. But my dad, being the guy that he was, while he was going through chemotherapy, he still had a lawn care business, and he was out there mowing lawns and everything wow. every day in Florida. I'm talking in the Florida heat, yeah, doing this every day. and So like that, that to me was a, a huge inspiration. Um, so while he was doing all that, I, like we talked on a very daily basis, you know, because I was I was scared, you know, I was afraid what was going to happen. Um, March, how old you again? I was 24, about to be 25, right? So March came around, uh, and I drove drove up to my pro day, which was in Charlotte, right? Drove through Jacksonville, picked up picked up my dad, um, and he came to pro day with me. Um, and the hardest part about this is seeing how his his life changed, because my dad was about six two, two forty, right? Big dude. Six. And then when I went and picked him up, he was six two, one eighty. Wow, sixty pounds. Yeah within the span of three months. And after seeing this, like, I knew the time was coming.
0: Can I ask you something?
1: Yeah. Because, like,
0: for me, I think I'm a pretty tough person, a strong person. But my rock and the person that's got me through a ton is my father. Yeah. And when you – if you feel the same way, when you see your father dying like that, 60 pounds, down. I mean, what kind of effect would that have? I mean, I can't – I'm the same age that you would have been, right, when you were having this thing. I mean – what kind of effect did that have on you? That sounds
1: hard. It's it's a crazy effect because you like like you said, when you grow up you, you idolize your dad. Right? Every 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 kid's like, Oh, I'm gonna be better than my dad, I don't wanna do this, that, that but when you get to that age where you realize like how much they meant to you and how much they do for you, you it, it hits you with like with a whole bunch of emotions. Like you don't yeah. know what to do. You like you really question everything that's going on in the world, like why does it have to happen to me? Yeah. Like why is it why is it being my dad? Like in all honesty, I wish it would, would have been me that got that got diagnosed with this because I was like, well, I'm young enough so I could beat this. Like, my dad was 64, or 65, you know, and he just got this. I'm like, like, he doesn't deserve this. He's been working his whole life to keep us, you know, all grounded, have a roof over our head, always have meals. Like, my dad worked two jobs once he got out of the Navy. He worked at Home Depot, then he had his lawn care business. Then he went to Lowe's and worked his lawn care business. Like, all the time was lawn care. Like he in the military too, right? Right, right. He was always, he, he joined the military, like, 17 so like my dad's always known work ethic yeah and to see where he how he had changed from going like 240 to 180 like that right there also was another motivation for me so we went up to pro day um and i did really well right like i ran out there and killed the numbers I, how did you how did you focus when that, all that was going on i mean that's it that's crazy my biggest focus was the fact that i knew that if i showed any emotion it was going to affect my little sister it was going to affect my mom and it was going to affect my other siblings yeah you know what i mean so for me it was like you to be the man and i was i was the closest one to my dad if anybody were to ask or say anything they would be like oh dad's like what's going on with your dad like everything that they needed to know about my dad was through me okay like they called me the mini version of him right so everything that we did was together and like football was our thing so I knew that when I went out there and performed for Pro Day, like it was gonna be like our thing, and like having him there. Like even when I had private workouts, he came, he came to all that stuff. Oh. Um, and so after after that after Pro Day, uh, we went back to Jacksonville, and I was there for a little bit. Um, went went to the whole draft thing. You know, I thought for sure I was at my my draft stock was like fourth fifth round. Okay. Right, never got drafted. Um, we had a draft party. He couldn't really drink anymore. Anything like that, he was a he was heavy into beer and stuff, but he couldn't drink at the draft party. Um, and after the draft, I and without getting any calls, I was I was down on myself. But I looked over my dad and I was like, damn, I just disappointed my dad because his whole dream was he played semi-pro over here. Okay. He played in Spain, um, but his whole whole career, like he wanted to play pro too. And I felt like he was living through me, yeah. And me not making it pro, like really let him down. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that's like you always want to make your dad the most proud. Right, but then like two days later, I end up getting a call from the Jags to go try out. You know, and that's my hometown team. That's like sweet. I'm right at home so like my dad can come and see everything. And now we're in we're in like May and he's still alive, which is amazing because he's still making it through all this stuff. How many months has that been? It's been about four months. So he beat the he beat the odds? Yeah, they said? he beat the odds. Right. So I end up getting the call, um, go to the pro day or not not pro day, the rookie minicamp and make the team. And every practice and it's still like 80, 90 degrees, he's out there. Really? Right? He's out there watching everything. Right. And that's like that to me was like, man, that's like a lot. Another sacrifice my dad's making it for me. Like he really should be at chemotherapy and everything, like going through all that, but he's here watching me. He's trying to live
0: in the moment. Right. I mean,
1: he's trying to take it all in. Right. And so after after rookie minicamp, I ended up getting signed. Out of out of ninety players, I was one of five people to get signed. So as soon as it happened, I ran home. Like I hopped in the car, went home, and like gave him a huge hug. I couldn't hug him too hard because he got really skinny now. The funny part about it is like when he got really skinny, I made fun of him now. Yeah. Because like all the time he was like, "Oh, you little skinny guy. Like you're never gonna be as big as me and all this (laughs) stuff." And so then, like it it all flipped. Um. So I made the team, and it was like, it was like, damn, like I really did something like nobody in the family has done. I became a professional athlete, but mostly like I did something my dad had always been dreaming of doing. Like. Like something he told me from a young age. Like he always told me, like you're either gonna join the military, or you're gonna go play sports. And I went and played sports and became a pro, and it was, it was a huge deal for me, you know. So he was there throughout the whole whole mini camp situation. Anytime there was open practices, he was there. He made it to all of them. Like I got him a chance. Like, I got a signed autograph ball for him and everything. Got the jersey signed. Had him take pictures with all the guys. Like that was the biggest moment for me. But then, like throughout the whole summer, everything was going good. Like. I was still on the team. Everything was fine. Still training. Um, September rolls around, right? We're playing... Or August rolls around. We're playing uh, preseason games. Yep. Right? Making through those, but I ended up getting cut. I was down. I was down. Literally two weeks later, uh, my dad passed. <laughs> wow. So you're, you're talking about like a whole whole circumstance of things just happening all at once that I felt super negative about, but the whole... A lot of people don't know the story about how I lost my dad. Um, so when I got cut from the team, I went to go live with my ex-girlfriend in Tallahassee for two weeks. Huh. Right, because I wanted to get away from Jacksonville. And never like, I was like, "Fuck this place! Like, I'm done with this! Like, I just wanted to run from everything." Yeah. Right. I got a call from my dad saying, "Hey, you think you could come home and help us with some things, like take care of things, because take care of the dogs and all that stuff, and help him mow lawns?" I was like, "Yeah, for sure! Like, I'll come back." Wait, so tell me, what you got cut, then you left. You said two weeks later, your dad, dad. So this is before that. Yeah. So after you just left, you said screw this. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Then you get a call. And then I get a call. So I was only there for like a week. Okay. So I get a call and he's like, "Yeah, will you come home and like help us with stuff?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, for sure, I'll come back." Um. So I came back. Did you think he was gonna keep living then? Cause you thought like he beat it, or? I thought I thought like like he was beating it. You know what I mean? Like things were going fine. Like he was he was in the process of like he got like little cysts removed and everything. Like I'm thinking like yo, it's it's. It's on the process of coming. But also, at the same time, I was I was selfish. Yeah. You know, like, all I could think about was how the fuck can I get far away from Jacksonville? Run away from, yeah. You know? Because, like, I just got cut from my hometown team. Like, all I expected to be there on the team. I was ready to sell out, like, fan jerseys for, like, all my people. But, like... It felt like you let people down? Yeah. Like, and yourself. And, yeah. And, and my dad, too. Because, like, yeah. I really had nowhere to live. The only place I was living was at home. I'm like, shit, I'm 24 and I'm living at home? Like... hmm that's not me. Like, why am I here? So... so he's just uh, trying to get away from the problem. Okay. So I got away. And I came back. And um, when I came back, he said, hey, like, in all honesty, the reason I called you to come back is because I had to go in for a surgery this week. And, um, like, you're the only one that can be there. Because my mom worked working. His, his brother was working and all that stuff. So, uh, like, he was in the hospital for, like, three days. So I was there every day with him. Um, on the last day when he was going in for the surgery... We were just chatting up, chilling and stuff, um, but he hit me with the "Hey, son, will you help me like get up like I gotta go take a shit." I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, like I don't care, like I'll help you." So I carried him to the bathroom, right? I sat him down on the toilet, so I turned around to call the nurse, right because I, I figured I don't know what the fuck's going on. like maybe something else is, there's a problem like he should be getting help too. When I turned back around, he just fell out the toilet and died. what? Yeah <laughs> yeah, so um. So like I, I I turned around and I was just like, shit because I was the only one there, because my uncle was at work, my mom was at work, my sister's out in college, and all my other siblings are gone. So he was unconscious. You didn't think he was dead, or like, did you? Did you like call? He was, he was gone. You couldn't feel. You didn't call the nurse like get his mouth. I, him ca- help? I, oh, I yeah. called the nurse, but like, the second I turned back around, like I knew it because you Felt it? vomit was coming out of his mouth. Oh my god! And all his breath was gone. So they 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 took me out of the room and I was like, I had, I didn't know what to do. Just shocked. I was I was so shook like I I called my uncle I was like because he was on the way to the hospital too to like be there for the surgery. And he was like, what do you mean like he's gone and stuff? I was like, yeah, he he just passed. Holy then shit! Then I had to call my mom who was at work and had to tell her like yeah she he's passed like and all this is this is all on me. I'm the only one there. So. Um, like, they all come there and, like, everybody's crying and stuff. And I'm just like, damn, like, my dad really just passed. But then, so when, when we were planning the funeral and everything, um, it was it was shit. It was a shit show, right? You having to deal with planning your own father's funeral. Like, the, the, the picture of, of seeing this happen over and over in my head has played with me for so long, like, throughout my whole life. Like, since this has happened like it I can literally vividly remember all of this um but I gave my I gave my father's eulogy cuz I figured I I was the only one who knew my dad the best and I was the only one that I felt like he felt could actually speak at his funeral so I gave his eulogy right um I I helped bury him uh so yeah that 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 that's been something that that hit me so deep and then again after this happened I ran I left Jacksonville again I went back down to Miami I took over so for a month I took over my dad's business I uh, ran his lawn care business um, and every time I would mow people's lawns they'd be like why are you out here why are you doing this like this isn't you you've never loved it since we've known you because I've been mowing lawns since I was eight okay. and they were like you you really need to go find your passion like do what you want to do and I was like yeah you guys are right you guys are right but I need to support my mom you know what I mean, I need to take care of my mom. Like she, she needs me in this situation because we were in the house with five bedrooms, and it's just me and my mom there. Yeah. And the dogs. Like I can't just leave her here like this, especially going through all that. crap. Right. Right. But I ended up selling his business. I sold the business, and then I left to go to Miami again to start training. Because like, if I, like all these people keep telling me like I need to, I need to find my passion. I need to find my dream. Luckily, I got a call from the CFL team to come play. Um. So I chased that for a little bit. But then what, what really what really started this whole chasing the picture was Casper. Casper yeah. gave me the call to come over to Denmark. You know, and I knew my whole life that I'd want to see what my dad had saw. Because for me, like like that's my idol. That's yeah. that's that's my dude. You know what I mean? Like, everything my dad has, has done for me, like, there's plenty of times we fought back and forth. Yeah. When he sent me to private school in high school, I was like, yo, you, you dickhead. Like, I don't want to <laughs> be there. I want to be a public school with all my boys. But I knew he did it for the good. Yeah. Right? Uh, mowing lawns, like, building up that character. You know? We're building a basketball court in the backyard so I could hoop all the time. Like, having a, a gym in our back garage. Like, he did all these things for me to be better in life. And so then, like, all these stories he would tell me. So when i came over here i was determined that i was going to see everything that he saw so the running of the bulls i did i did it my first year 2017 because that's where him and my mom met yeah they met in spain after doing the running of the bulls okay they did it together so i was like all right i gotta go do that he told me all these stories about how pretty the eiffel tower is like when it lights up you know he's like you gotta go over to india to see how crazy the people are over there had to do that like so many of these these places that i go to see it's because i love to love traveling but also because I want to see exactly what my dad's stories were he was telling me. It's like you're keeping them alive through that. That's my therapy. Because there were so many times where, like, when my dad passed, I turned to drinking. I turned to smoking. And I, I was ready to start doing drugs, too, and start selling. Yeah. Right? My mom doesn't know that. And now she would. <laughs> <laughs> but I was ready to find any way to, to fucking cope with it. And because, not deal with your problems. Yeah. Right. Not bec- even- because I I was, you're, you're taught, it's like, in, in the uh, South. As a man, you don't go to therapy, yep. you don't speak about your problems, you don't cry, you don't do any of that stuff. You deal with it yourself and take care of people in your life. Yeah. So I was ready to do all of that. But then when I found the real outlet to how to take care of all of this, and trust me, I, I maybe there's some days I think I probably should still go to therapy, but this is my therapy, totally. being able to tell you listeners what it's like. Like, I know there's probably plenty of people in the world that have lost somebody that Get it out. Speak to somebody, man. And whatever, whatever picture you have that's painted of that person, go ahead and, and chase it for a little bit. You know, because these past two or three years have been the best th- two or three years of my life. Really, like it's it, it, awesome. It really has. I, I feel connected because, and, and people think like when I go down on one knee before every game, it's it's to pray. I'm not a huge religious guy. It's really talking to my dad, because football was our thing. It was the one thing that we had that we always connected on. And I'm talking to him before every game, just yeah. asking him to to be there with me and, and, and follow me through it and, and know that I, I still play this game because it's it's for us. You know, so when I travel to all these different places and people, and it's really cool, it's awesome to be able to travel all the time. Um, but really, it's, 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 it's this picture that I'm painting, and I want to be able to, when I do have kids, I want to be able to turn around and have these, these same stories to tell them. Wow. And it's like you're living. I kind of brought that up at the beginning.
0: It's – that's, that's – that's a story. Yeah. But it's like you're – I think when that happened, that took away, and you realize how precious this life is and and how you got to take the opportunities and, and do something and, and live what I mean? I mean, you went through hell and back. I mean, you got your dream, you didn't get cut, and your freaking yeah. your dad dies, and you were right there with him. Only one. Right there. I mean, they always say this, too. Like, when you almost die or get in, like, a car accident or something like that, like, it wakes you up. Like, holy yeah. shit. These little things I worry about on a day-to-day basis, it doesn't matter. Like, why don't we just do it? Be happy. The crazy, live.
1: The craziest part about it is, like, being the only one there when he passed, I was happy that I was the only one there. Cause I don't think my mom could have dealt with it and I don't think my sister could have dealt with it. And I think that's the happiest way he could have gone out. You know what I mean? Cause like we were the closest and they usually say that you die with the people that you're closest with when you're on that deathbed. Like, you know, like, you know, it's your time and you just, you just go. So for him and I, like, even though he died taking a shit <laughs> the, the shithead he is. Um, Hold on, don't ruin your laptop here. You gotta be careful. Um, it just goes to show that like we had that connection.
0: That's, that's nuts.
1: That's some real stuff right there. that feel good, talking about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I wanted the followers to know that, like, I'm a real dude. There's a reason why I'm out here doing these things. You know, it's, it's not just because, I mean, it is because I get to play football, but it's also, there's a lot more to it all. Like, like you guys say, you wanted more in-depth. <laughs> yeah, I, you just gave it, him. You Here, just gave here him. I am, this is me, and I'm uh, I'm put it all out there for you and guys. And that, I fuck with that so much, that's why I fuck with you big
0: time, because, like, we're really... And, bro, I'm happy right now. I'm really happy. I'm happy as shit. Bro. Like, I feel like we're putting ourselves out there. And we're, like, connecting. And it's just, like, you feel free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not worried about the stupid stuff. No, we're not at all. We're just living. And, damn, I, I had no idea. I mean, kind of brought up the story to me, but that
1: was... Wow. And that's life. That's life. And that's life. how it goes. I appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, like I said, I'm always going to keep it real with you guys. Um... This is just a start, baby. And this is it. You know what I mean? Like we said, we're going to keep it raw and uncut. Not straight off the dome. No, no practice or anything. Yeah.
0: It's pretty deep.